ministries for a number of years. We've, we've uh, supported a number of their efforts. They've planted 160 churches in Haiti. I'll let Donnie say more about that later. Um, but Donnie's a friend of our congregation. Uh, several of us here have been on mission trips there. I've sat next to Donnie as we traversed the countryside in an SUV, and, and he would be answering cell phone calls either in Spanish or Creole or French or English, and uh, he's, a, he's a great guy. And I said in the first service he's got a great sense of humor, which means he laughs at my jokes. And so, Donnie, we're glad to have you back again. You're the only one that does. And, and, Thank you, Pastor Chip. It's a pleasure for me to be here and uh, to share with you from the word of the Lord. And also to thank you for your faithful support over the years. And because of you, we have seen the gospel make way in uh, the island of Haiti and uh, see many Haitians have come to know Christ. Thank you for your partnership. Uh, I send greetings from my wife and the girls, and not able to be here today, but they send their greetings. Uh, this morning, I would like to share uh, from the book of Jonah, and uh, we're going to look at uh, the first 17 verses uh, together. And uh, I'll just read uh, verse 1 and 2 uh, for our time. Let's read the word of the Lord. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. Father, as we study this word together, pray that you will illumine our mind and heart and encourage us to arise and to go and to spread this great message to this lost world. So may you speak to us uh, in spite of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And uh, if I were to tag uh, our text this morning, and I will call it uh, Arise, Go to Reach the World. And uh, so as we study this text together, it encourages us to have a heart for the lost world that has come uh, among us. The world has come to the U.S. and they bring with them all of their culture and the way of life and their tradition. Their religious practice is also clearly seen in all they do. And for instance, I came from Haiti, a nation that was dedicated to Satan. The Haitian people brought with them their votoist practice even here in the U.S. As I am planting a church here in Central Florida, I witness Haitians who are still living in fear and in bondage. And as a result, they return to Haiti on a consistent basis to renew their vows and relationship to voodooism and so that they could protect themselves and their family. And so the world is coming to us. We have the Chinese, we have the Japanese, Korean, the South Americans, 
We have Africans from different countries, but they are coming here and live in our neighborhoods, but they bring with them their culture and their religious background, and they are in dire need of the gospel. And our call is for you and for me is to arise and to go and to reach the lost world that God has sent into our midst. The author of this book is not mentioned uh, by name as the author, in, but there is uh, evidence that Jonah is mentioned in many different parts in the scripture. And we identify him in the second king, chapter 14. He reveals that Jonah was the son of Amittai. He was a prophet from Gath Ephraim. And the author also of this book, that it was written uh, during the same time of Amos and Hosea. And Amos' message was uh, that God was trying to turn Israel from sin and has delayed its judgment more and more than once. Then Hosea at that time was comparing God's love for straying Israel to his a commitment to Gomer, his adulterous wife. But Jonah here in this message is the great book warning against disobedience, against resisting God's call on our lives. Jonah is trying to run away from the Lord. Jonah calls to pronounce his judgment on Nineveh, but Jonah rejects God's call and flee from his presence. Jonah is a great book picturing God's discipline, love, and forgiveness, and how the Lord pursues us even when we disobey him. And we see here it was written to the people of Israel and to Judah to remind them of their duties to bear witness for the Lord, which is their original purpose. It was written to remind Israel that God's great love for all people, even their enemies. And as we look at this book, and he said to, Noah, to Jonah to rise and go to Nineveh. Nineveh was a great city, and it was the last capital of the Assyrian Empire. It was a dominant economic power of its time. According to Nahum 3, we see that the people were violent. They were cruel, they were evil and sinful, and they were wicked. They were people full of lies and deceit. The Arsenians were known as some of the cruelest people in the ancient world. They have brutally oppressed and treated other nations very maliciously, including the nation of Israel. There were also people who were spiritual adulterers. They were guilty of false worship. They were worshiping the occult and witchcraft. They were thieves and ungrateful. They were oppressors of the poor. They, were, they act unjustly toward their neighbors, and also they were immoral. But even despite their wickedness, the Lord loved the Ninevites and sent a message of hope and salvation toward them. So as we look at this text this morning, there are three truths that we would like to, to uh, underline as we study it together. First truth is that disobedience to God's call can endanger our lives and those around us. 
Now, in verse 1, he said, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come upon me. And look at the way the, the text starts. He said, Now the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord, the word Lord here is all in majuscule. And every time it appears in the scripture, it's talk about our God covenant name of our Lord in our God. It's the name Yahweh. It's the name that means I am, the one who is, the self-existing one. When you know God and who he is, you know that there is nowhere you can run away from his presence. He is the covenant God, the one who never changed, the one his promise never fell. When we are faithless, he is faithful. We need and must follow and obey. But God said to Moses, I am who I am, and this is my name. And so therefore, I should be remembered among all nations. I like the way Malachi put it. It says, for I am the Lord, do not change. So Yahweh, our God, is immutable. He never changed. He remained the same. When we know who God is, we know that we will do everything he commands us to accomplish for his glory. The scriptures say he knows our thoughts and mind. If we go up the sky, he is there. If we go under the ground, he is there. Before a word proceeds of our mouth, he knows it. He knows us from within and without. And Jonah knew and know about God and know God's name. But he was trying to run away from God's presence. He went away from his home and his country and trying to run away, fleeing from God's call upon his life. God called Jonah was very clear and precise. But Jonah rise and go to the opposite direction. When God tell him to go to Nineveh, Jonah rise up and go to Tarshish, 2,500 miles west on the opposite direction, away from God's presence. He wanted to go away and he disobeyed God's call. And as we see, as he disobeyed God's call, he endangered other people's life and his own life. Because of that, God sent a storm across the sea, stirring up a fish storm. When we look at verse 4, he said, But the Lord hurled a great wind, wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each of them cried out to his own God. They hurled their cargoes and was, and, uh, that was in the ship in order that the sea uh, to lighten it for them. So the sailors were experienced men, men who know how to maneuver upon the sea. But they were frightened. They were afraid. Even the captain was afraid because of the storm. So now they all started to call their own false god for help. They hurled the cargo, losing their merchandise. And the reason God sent the storm was to stop Jonah from running away. 
It is impossible to succeed in running away from God. There is no limit for what God, what God will do, can do to stop us uh, from running away from his presence. They did not know the God that Jonah knew. A wish doctor in Haiti has given to a young man a statue. And this young man daily will pray to that statue and ask, whatever he asks, the statue give it to him. One day he needed a job. He prayed to the statue, and the statue helped him find a job. Then daily life continued to pray to the statue, and one day he become wealthy and start building and build his own house. And in the house, because the Lolo statue God that he had always provide for him, so he had to build a home or a, a room inside his house for this God. And one day he came in from work and his house was in fire. And when the house was in fire, the crowd was there and he ran to the back of the house while the fire was burning, trying before the house completely consumed to see that he could save his God. He was able to get his God. But however, we have a God who is the Yahweh. We have a God who is the omnipotent God. We have a God who is the omniscient, omnipresent God, the God who created the heaven and the earth who does not need us to save us, to save him, but is the one who had made plan to save us. So disobedience to God's call can harm other people and also can harm us. Secondly, we look at verse 5 to verse 11. We see that disobedience to God's call also hardens our hearts and kills our passions. In verse 5, he said, But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had laid down and was fast to sleep. So the captain came to him and said, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps the God will give you a thought to us that we may not perish. Jonah, during that time, did not pray. Jonah, during that time, had no passion. What he did, while the people were perish, he went under and started to sleep. His disobedience endangered not only his own life, but the life of the people around him. They had to cast lots. Jonah still did not confess. They did not understood that Jonah placed them in that situation where they was. But as soon as they see in verse 7, and they come and they cast lots, and the lots fall upon Jonah. And then they said to him, tell us on whose account this evil has come to us. And they start asking him questions. What is your occupation? What is your country? And what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew. And I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. We see Jonah's confession. First, he was an Hebrew, but also that he worshipped the Lord. And the same word 
Yahweh, Lord, God's name, covenant name is also mentioned here. But with that he said, it is the God who is above all God. He is the one who made the heaven and the earth. He is the one who made the sea. And as a result, we see transformation occur immediately in the life of the sellers. Exceedingly, they were totally fearful of the Lord. We see that they tried to go and try to, to, uh, to reach uh, land, but they were unsuccessful. But they pray to the God of Jonah, and they call upon his name, and we see, O oh Lord, the name of the Lord here mentioning 14 times in those 17 verses. And as they call on him, the sellers, that the captain, they fear the Lord exceedingly. They offer a sacrifice to the Lord, and they started to trust him and also worship him in fear. All of us have been called by God to arise and to go. And as he had promised the disciples when we see Jesus before he ascended, he said, all authority on earth and under the earth has been given unto him. Go, therefore, and make disciples. He has promised his presence. And the God we serve when he calls us, he never leaves us alone. He is there with us all along the way. Even when we are in disobedience, he is still there. He is still there on our side. But some of us, God call us, but we are not willing to accept his call in our lives. Some of us, maybe he call us to give up our job and profession to serve him. Maybe he's calling us away from our comfortable lifestyle. I remember when he called me to return back to Haiti. I was living well in Miami, and I had to move to a community where there's no light, no water, no health medical center, and um, it was difficult to obey that call. But when I go and return and go, and I see that God is the one that has do been doing his work in spite of me, some of us, he might call us to a different area or nation of the world. Some of us, he might call us to serve a different race or social class. Some of us, he might give us the opportunity to make less money in a secular job so that we can serve him more. But many of us, we love the things of this world more than we love him. But if we know for sure that who God is, we will never run away from his call into our lives. I have a friend in Chicago. He loves to drink beer. And he loves beer so much that every weekend he will buy so many packs that he will drink watching football game or basketball game with his friend. One day after he heard a message about God's call that he could not go, but he said, what I'm going to do is now I'm going to give all of my beer, all the money that I used to spend in beer, I'm going to give it to a faith promise. Another friend of mine, he used to get old cars and sell them. And as he make profit on them, he said, this money, as I make profit on it on the side, I'm going to give it to the Lord so that the word of the Lord might be proclaimed. 
and this church who have been faithfully supporting us in the ministry of the gospel. I remember when we started to plant our first church in Miami, you were there with us when we bought that building. And as I go to Haiti, and today to see over 160 churches have been planted, and you have come alongside of us every step of the way. When I see last month, uh, and uh, there were five months that Haiti was in lockdown, the families could not find food and proper meals, and in the mountains there were people that were starving for over uh, four, three days. They could not find food to eat. And as we call upon you, you were able to send resources and so that we were able to minister to over 50,000 families. You have been faithful in order to help us proclaim the gospel. This year alone, we have seen over 3,000 people come to know Christ. My friends, even when we are running away from our call, even when our hearts harden, our passion completely gone, God still pursues us until he accomplishes his purpose. He is asking us to be faithful to our call because he is faithful. Even when we are not faithful, he remains faithful. Look at here what happened to Jonah. In verse 17, we see that the Lord saved Jonah. And he promised provide a great fish as they throw him into the water. We see that the Lord heard Jonah's prayer even when he was inside the fish for three days and three nights. We see that the Lord gave Jonah a new life. God delivered him into the pit of death, and God gave him a new life and a new beginning. God gave him a second chance to arise and to go and to share the message that he has called him to go and to preach. So that leads us to see our third point, is that obedience to God's call brings forth transformation. If you go farther to chapter 3, we see chapter 3 is the same call that God has now given to Jonah. He said, then the Lord came to Jonah the second time. He said, arise, go to Nineveh that great city, and call out against the message that I tell you. So Jonah, this time, he arose and he went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. And Nineveh was exceedingly great city, three days' journey. So Jonah began to go into the city, going a day journey. And then he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the new people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put sackcloth and for the greatest of them to the least of them. When we obey God's call, he can accomplish great things to us. His word is mighty and powerful. Jonah raised up and started to proclaim God's word. And the people of Nineveh immediately we see transformation occur. Christ's love for sinners is a picture of God's grace and great love for the people of Nineveh. Despite the Nineveh wickedness, God determined to show mercy to them. And in the same way, Christ has showed mercy to us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for our sin. My mentor, Dr. David Nicholas, 
He declared, he, he, he defined sin in this way. He called it the bad news. Sin is criminal action against God by breaking his law. He defines sin that is choosing ourselves over God. He defines sin as an act that is contrary to God's law. It is from our thoughts and our word and deeds that is totally outside of what God desires. Oh, because of our sin, our mind have become corrupt, our conscience have become corrupt. Because of our sin, our will become corrupt and our emotion become corrupt. We were like the Ninevites. We were dead into our sins. We were dead spiritually. Eventually, we will die physically. But our spiritual death, as the Bible says, for the wage of sin is death. And that death will lead us to eternal death, eternal separation from God. Because spiritual people can do nothing. Spiritually dead people can do nothing to bring life into themselves. Spiritually dead people constantly committed crime against God. We can work, but our work can avail to nothing. Spiritually dead people, we have no ability to please God. And for this reason, that God in his love, he has sent his only son, born of a virgin, and come and live like a man that he has suffered. God punished his own son for our sake so that we could enter into a relationship with him. That's what the scripture said in Isaiah 53, that he was despised and rejected by men. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripe we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We turn everyone to his own way. But the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He died and he was buried. But on the third day he rose again from the dead. And the power that raised him from the dead is the power that sealed us and declared us righteous in his sight. As a result, we can say that therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Now, because of Christ's death and resurrection, we have developed a new heart and a relationship began. He become our mediator between God and us. So now not only we have a change of nature, nature, but we have a new standing before God where he see us no longer as guilty and as lost, but he see us as his son. And as his son and daughter, he save us, not because of any good works that we have done, but because of his grace and mercy. The same way he had shown grace to the people of Nineveh, it is the same way he has shown his grace and love to us. And that's what he is calling us to arise. And my challenge for you today is let us arise and go to the world that is around us. And let us go with confidence to reach them for our king. Because he is the only way, the truth and the life. And he is the only one who can transform lives. I have seen many witch doctors in Haiti come to know Christ. We moved to a community where it was all witch doctors when we moved there. 
When we do service, they tell us to finish by 6 o'clock. Because when it's dark, because that's the time they do their ceremony. One time we finished by 8, and they came to me and said, we told you to finish at 6. And two years later, most of them come to know Christ. We finish at 11 p.m., 10 is no problem. Transformation has occurred. But I remember one young lady, her father is a very strong witch doctor in the city of Beaumont. And this young lady has been transformed. But before a transformation, her father is the only one that has enough resources to come to our university and pay for the full tuition for his daughter. The only one. But he used to abuse her sexually and he used to use her as a means to call certain evil spirit. But as she come to the school, she heard the gospel. I remember I was preaching one Sunday morning in our church at Lundy, and where Pastor Chip had the opportunity to preach. And she came to know Christ that Sunday, and she started to grow and going to the choir and be involved in the youth. Then it come time for summer for her to go and spend two months at her home. And then when she went and returned home, her father wanted to do the same thing that he used to do in the past. And that same night when she arrived and her father wanted to do so, and she stood up and she said, Father, I have a new daddy. I have a new father and my body is his temple and I cannot let you do this to me any longer. He said, if I cannot do that to you, I denied you as my daughter. He took her bag and he threw her outside. With tears, she took a taxi and they brought her into our house that was on the campus with tear in her eyes. So we accepted her, we take her, we give her a full scholarship, we put her in the dorms, and last year she graduated with honor. But not only she graduated, but that same year when we were doing orientation at the school, she stood up and shared her testimony. Fifteen other students come to know Christ because of her testimony. But as she was leaving and, and she said that not only the students need to hear this message, I need to go back home. I need to go back home and share with my family and my father who had denied me and who had cast me out. I need to go back and share with him this great news, this great message. She was afraid, she was scared, but she went and shared with him that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can enter into a relationship with our God except through him. And as she obeyed God's call, I was surprised last month when I went to do her wedding. And, and as she get married, and it was her father. 
who walk her in the ah, the new creature who has been transformed by the power of the gospel. There is power, my friend, in the gospel. And this is why I'm encouraging to you arise and to go and to reach the world that God has sent in your, in your means. To arise and to go. Because if we disobey his call, it can endanger not only our lives, but those around us. But if we disobey his call, our heart can become hardened and our passion will die. And we will become only finger pointers and say that there is no hope for this one. But as we obey God's call, we will see transformation occur. And transformation that will occur that God alone can make it accomplish. And my friend, let us arise and go and wish the world for our King. Let us pray. Quel sauveur merveilleux je possède. Il s'est sacrifié pour moi et sa vie innocente qu'il cède pour mourir sur l'infâme bois attaché à la croix pour moi attaché à la croix pour moi. Il a pris mon péché, il m'a délivré. Attaché à la croix, pour moi, he was nailed on the cross for me. He was nailed on the cross for me. On the cross, crucified for me, he died. He was nailed on the cross for me. Yes, Lord, you died so that we might have life and so that we might take this great message that you have given to us, to the world that has come to us 
and so that they in turn will know you as the Lord and Savior. In turn, that they will know that there is no life without you. So let us, Father, help us to arise and to go and to reach the world for your glory and your glory alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before Donnie announces the, uh, pronounces a benediction and we uh, sing the closing stanza of a song we sang earlier, I do want to remind you that for our members, there are cards. Uh, turn the cards into the box in the back or here as we exit. Donnie, if you pronounce a benediction, please stand if you will and remain standing as we sing together after that. Let's receive the benediction in French and then I'll said it in English. À celui qui nous aime, qui nous a délivré de nos péchés par son sang, qui a fait de nous un royaume de sacrificateurs pour Dieu son Père, à lui seul soit la gloire et l'honneur dès à présent et pour toujours. Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. <laughs>